I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, August 10th. Here are today's headlines. Bank records don't lie, according to Representative James Comer. Comer heads the House Oversight Committee and says the committee has obtained bank records showing that the Bidens received at least $20 million from various countries, including Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and Russia. Now, Comer says the committee is going to subpoena Hunter and Joe Biden. Comer joined Mornings with Maria on Fox News earlier today and said the case against the president and his son is being put together now. Take a listen. We are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case, and I think we've done that very well. We've shown the bank records. If I had subpoenaed Joe and Hunter Biden the first day I became chairman of the committee, it would have been tied up in court, and the judge would have eventually thrown it out. Because at that time, the narrative was, well, they never took any money while he was vice president. He never had any communication with his business associates. And, uh, you know, the, the, the money never came from China. We've had to go every step of the way and prove the media narrative was wrong and the vice president and the, and the current president lied. We have caught Joe Biden in so many lies, I can't even count the number of lies now. So we have put together a case that I think would uh, stand up in any court of law in America. Comer says the Oversight Committee continues to produce evidence against the Biden family about every two weeks. Stay tuned. But in other Biden news, Fox News is reporting that the president has just reached a $6 billion deal to free Americans in exchange for jailed Iranians. Five Americans currently jailed in Iran are set to be released and returned to the U.S. In exchange, America will return a handful of Iranian nationals who are serving prison sentences for violating sanctions on Iran. The New York Times was the first to break the story and reports that the U.S. also agreed to unfreeze nearly $6 billion of Iranian assets in South Korea. The money will be transferred to an account in the central bank of Qatar. The Americans being returned home are reported to include a businessman, a scientist, and others who the U.S. says were imprisoned on bogus spying charges. Former President Donald Trump and his longtime aide, Walt Nada, both pled not guilty today in response to charges brought by special counsel Jack Smith. Trump and Nada chose not to be present in the Florida courtroom, so their attorneys entered the not guilty plea for them. Remember that Trump was indicted for mishandling classified documents. Then, last month, a superseding indictment was brought against Trump that alleges that he, Nada, and the property manager at Mar-a-Lago, Carlos de Oliveira, conspired to delete video footage from Mar-a-Lago. According to ABC News, the footage allegedly showed employees moving around boxes containing classified materials. Trump has said that the indictments will not stop him from running for president. The trial for Trump's classified documents case is set to begin on May 20th, 2024. The latest inflation numbers are in. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported this morning that inflation was 0.2 percent in July with a year-over-year rate of 3.2 percent. So let's look at some of the key inflation metrics. 
The food index rose by 0.2% in July. The energy index rose by 0.1%. The fuel oil index rose 3%. The utility piped gas service index rose 2%. And the shelter index by 0.4%. But we do also see some decrease in inflation. The energy service index decreased by 0.1%. The electricity index decreased by 0.7%, the used car and truck index decreased by 1.3%, and the medical care services index decreased by 0.4%. Research fellow for regional economics in the Center for Data Analysis at the Heritage Foundation, E.J. Antoni, told the Daily Signal that there's no indication we're going lower on inflation. Antoni explained that President Joe Biden's draining of the strategic petroleum reserves put downward pressure on prices over the last year, but that was never a long-term strategy. So what does the future hold? Well, according to Antoni, there's very little keeping down prices going forward. As long as the Treasury continues borrowing trillions of dollars, we'll continue to see elevated inflation. The Supreme Court struck down affirmative action earlier this summer. College and universities are no longer allowed to consider race, their admissions process. But Ohio Senator J.D. Vance is worried some schools might be finding ways to ignore the Supreme Court's ruling. The Washington Free Beacon reports that Vance is asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether elite universities are coordinating their admissions policies. He believes that the schools might have a synchronized effort to evade the justice's ruling. Vance wrote in a letter to the Federal Trade Commission that schools may be tempted to jointly adopt new and experimental policies, such as preferences for low-income students, assured in their knowledge that their competitors will not do otherwise. So why does Vance think elite colleges and universities might be working together to find ways to continue practices of affirmative action? Well, after the Supreme Court's ruling, Vance pressed eight Ivy League schools for information on how they planned to comply with the ruling. Yale was the only school that did not reply, but all the others did. And according to Vance, all the schools have an uncanny similarity in substance and structure to their plan. Vance said that each response he received was roughly the same length, used more or less identical phrasing, and all the letters he got back were signed by a government affairs official instead of a university president. The Washington Free Beacon reports that most of the letters were also sent the same day, July 21st, and each pledged to pursue diversity without violating the law. Vance said, It is hard to believe that the schools responding to my letter could achieve such remarkable parallels in the absence of coordination or collusion. For now, Vance awaits a response from the Federal Trade Commission. A catastrophic wildfire continues to take over the Hawaiian island of Maui, leaving thousands without homes, hundreds injured, and a few dozen dead. As of right now, the death toll has reached 36, and the cause of the fire remains unknown. The fires that destroyed most of the town of Lahaina have spread due to wind from a far-off hurricane blowing them. Emergency workers continue to try to find missing survivors in the tourist town of Lahaina, where most of the fire burns. President Biden issued a statement sending his condolences to those affected by the wildfires. He also volunteered the efforts of many federal departments to help aid in the recovery. 
Biden said the U.S. Coast Guard and Navy Third Fleets are supporting response and rescue efforts. The Army is providing Black Hawk helicopters to fight the fires on the Big Island. The Department of Transportation is working with commercial airlines to evacuate tourists from Maui, and the Department of the Interior and the United States Department of Agriculture stand ready to support post-fire recovery efforts. Airplane companies such as Alaska, American, Delta, and United sent large-capacity planes to the area in order to help evacuate nearly 11,000 tourists who fled the island on Wednesday. Some people took to the Pacific Ocean as their escape route. People who jumped into the ocean to escape the flames were rescued by the Coast Guard. Hospitals in the area are being overrun by victims suffering from burns and dangerous inhalation of smoke. CNN reports that Maui's hospitals are not equipped to treat burn victims properly, but transportation to other hospitals is difficult as the flames are still blazing. The American Red Cross disaster team has opened many emergency shelters for families whose homes have been lost in the flames. In international news today, an Ecuadorian presidential candidate was assassinated after speaking at a rally on Wednesday evening in Quito, the capital of Ecuador. The anti-corruption candidate Fernando Villavicencio was known for his strong stance against crime-related drug trafficking and standing against the role the state plays in organized crime. His death came just two weeks before the special election for president. Of all eight presidential candidates, Villavicencio was the most vocal about his stance on crime and corruption within Ecuador. He was often critical of the Ecuadorian government. Guillermo Lasso, the current president of Ecuador, says he thinks the assassination is potentially linked to the very organized crime epidemic that Villavicencio was so vocally against. The presidential candidate was gunned down outside a high school after speaking to a group of young people. Nine other people are reported to have been shot, according to officials. The assailant was killed in the commotion that followed. According to ABC News, the candidate had received at least three death threats prior to the incident. A Mexican cartel that operates out of Ecuador sent some of those threats. Via Vicencio promised to crack down on criminals and fight the internal governmental corruption that corroborates within the country's crime problem in his final speech before being assassinated. And with that, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Daily Signal's Top News. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. I will be sitting down with Chairman Mark Green, MD, to discuss President Biden's executive order on China, the popular Chinese-owned app TikTok, and much more. Also, make sure you take a moment to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you like to listen so you never miss out on new shows. Also, if you haven't done so already, take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.